If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. On this episode of Newt's World, the Democrats propose $3.5 trillion spending bill and the $3 trillion tax increase bill has been wearing on me for weeks. I cannot fathom why the Democrats think raising taxes will be good for everyday Americans or the economy, especially as we're in an economic recovery period coming out of the pandemic. I think Bernie Sanders is exactly the kind of big government socialist who thinks it makes sense to add fuel to the fire of inflation, and that's why Bernie Sanders is proposing this bill, which I think is frankly just insane. From a conservative standpoint, I wonder why the Democrats think this makes sense, to raise taxes to help fund their proposed multi-trillion dollar plans, the American Jobs Plan and the American Families Plan, both of which will give money back to Americans in various ways. But of course, they'll also borrow money, raise the price of inflation, and actually cost Americans more than it will give them. Why not just allow Americans to keep the money in their pockets instead of taxing them? Here to talk more about the proposed $3 trillion tax bill and $3.5 trillion spending bill, I'm really pleased to welcome my guest, Congressman Kevin Brady. He proudly serves Texas' 8th Congressional District, and he is the ranking Republican member of the House Ways and Means Committee and a leading voice speaking out about the reasons to oppose the Democrats' tax increase. Kevin, let me first of all just thank you for taking time out 
Thanks, Speaker. It's an honor. There's so many things we're dealing with now that reverse the major reforms you made as Speaker. That's perhaps most troubling of all in this. Well, could you just for a minute, because I have to say, even as somebody who served in the House for 20 years, I'm astonished at how the Democrats in both the House and Senate have allowed all of these things to pile up into a gigantic logjam. Could you just walk through at, at the surface level how many different things they've got to get done in the near future? They have so many crises of their own making. It's hard to categorize all of them from the border to Afghanistan, the economic crisis, everything in between. But in this bill, you know, I think this is their chance to expand the welfare state in a way we have never seen in our lifetime impose just crippling taxes and put in place these Green New Deal subsidies that really change, I think, transform our government, our country for generations to come. They didn't do a budget, of course, didn't get any of their spending bills done. So they've got to keep the government open and they've got a debt ceiling crisis of their own making that has to be addressed here in the next 10 days. So they've got a remarkable amount of problems facing them right now. And in addition to those three, they've got this infrastructure bill at about $1.2 trillion. And as I understand the dance in the House right now, Pelosi had to promise the moderates, the so-called moderates, I, I think actually they're all big government socialists now because they all vote for Bernie Sanders' bills. But she had to promise them that they would get a vote on the infrastructure bill, I think, next week. But the theory had been that that would also, they'd be ready to do this gigantic Bernie Sanders' bill and it looks now like they may not be ready. There have been, I think, nine or ten of the left-wingers who've said they'll vote no and help defeat the infrastructure bill if she tries to bring it up before they get their $3.5 trillion. I mean, how do you see that playing out? Yeah, well, first, good for those nine or ten Democrats to actually insist on some, some financial sanity around Washington. But, man, she knocked all of them into line pretty quickly, promised that date. But on the same day she did, you know, the progressives put out a letter back then saying we're not part of this deal. And they are insisting these two things be linked. And in fact, Newt, they are. No matter how you split it, the $1.2 trillion, and now, you know, that tax and spend bill is now well over $4 trillion just in the initial years. But you get one, you get the other. There's just no separation. So she's got to figure out how she balances those two groups. And I was a little surprised that the hardliners on the left had enough power to force her to drop the funding for the Iron Dome missile defense system for Israel. This is a defensive system that protects civilians from rocket attack, and they basically forced her to take the billion dollars out of the bill they passed the other day. Apparently, they don't mind standing up to her. No, they don't. And to put that in perspective, they are willing to shut down the government, not pass a debt ceiling, not provide disaster relief. Bottom line is, as long as you undermine the security of Israeli women, children, and citizens, that was their price. It's stunning turnaround because, as you know, our friendship and support with Israel has been bipartisan for so long. I've seen these same leaders step up and pledge their bipartisan support we saw that go away under the Iran nuclear deal, now stealing a, a billion dollars from the Iron Dome. It is not the same party that you know of here on Capitol Hill. When I was Speaker, we 
had some congressional delegation trips to Saudi Arabia after Saddam had seized Kuwait. And flying over there as part of a bipartisan delegation, you know, I found myself sitting up at two in the morning chatting and playing cards with Danny Rostenkowski, who was the chairman of your committee at that time. I get the sense that you don't have anything like the same level of camaraderie, that somehow the system is broken down at a human level, and it's much harder to, to really forge those things. Is that accurate, or is that just a press coverage? Well, partially accurate, I think. Look, as conservatives, we fight hard every day against bad ideas and to champion ours, but you also fight to find those common ground where you can, and we've had success in ways and means in a number of areas, from repealing the three of the worst Obamacare taxes to reforming retirement and this new ban on surprise medical billing. We did it together, but this year, it's zero new. There is not a discussion on anything of merit or of value in a bipartisan way. Does that change? I would hope so, but Democrats believe, I think rightly so, they're losing the majority next November. They're going for it all. With this big government socialism, they're going all in on it, and that's what we're seeing. By the way, just as a side story, you've been chairman, you'll be chairman again. In 1994, one of the last events I did is in the Galleria in Houston for Bill Archer. Yeah. He'd been in Congress since 1972. As you know, he's a very bright guy, very hardworking, very tough conservative. And we're walking down the corridor towards his fundraising event. Uh, this is the Saturday a week before the election. And we had been out of power for 40 years, and we were used to losing. I turned to Bill, and I said, I hope you and Phil, who was his executive assistant, I hope you guys are preparing to take over Ways and Means next Tuesday. And he said, well, what are you talking about? I said, Bill, we're going to pick up 53 seats. You're going to be chairman. And he literally stopped in mid-stride because it was such a strange idea that Republicans could actually be in a majority. They never had been since he'd been there in 72. He became, of course, one of the keys to how we balanced the budget for four straight years. And at the time, and you know him well, so, you know, he was a sort of very cautious, very conservative guy. We set up the Thomas system to bring congressional bills online so anybody in, in the world who wanted to could download them. We got Bill to be the guy who introduced the tax cut and read off of a card the URL for how you could download it. It was the first time it had ever been done. And we just thought somehow having Archer, who'd been there since 72, who was kind of this very cautious conservative guy, introduce the Internet to the House was a perfect symbol of how much, and I thought as a Texan and a personal friend of Bill's, that you'd really like it. But you're in a different situation because you guys have been in a majority. You know how to be in a majority. I think personally you're going to be in a very big majority next year. And I think you're going to be able to move back to doing positive things. But before we talk about your positive agenda, could you help people understand just how really bad the $3 trillion tax increase side of this Bernie Sanders' big government socialism is. Thanks for telling me about Chairman Archer. He was a mentor to me, and I followed him on the Ways and Means after he left. He is one of my favorite people ever, so thank you for telling me that. So here we have more than $2 trillion in tax hikes, over a trillion dollars for Green New Deal subsidies and new entitlement programs. 
Never has Washington spent so much money to kill more American jobs, drive prices even higher, and impose the largest expansion of the welfare state in our lifetime. On the tax side, it is following President Biden's surrender to the Taliban. Here we have an economic surrender to China, Russia, Japan, in Europe by saddling U.S. businesses with some of the worst tax rates in the world. We estimate this will kill about three million American jobs, drive a lot of them back overseas, and really make it better to be a foreign company and worker than an American one. There are five tax hikes on our Main Street small businesses, all of which, as they are struggling to get back on their feet and get people back to work, we're hammering them with nearly a trillion dollars, or at least Democrats are, of tax hikes, as well as exposing many more of them to the death tax, forcing them to sell off their family-owned farms or business to pay the IRS. The president breaks his pledge not to tax Americans under 400000 You don't have to take my word for it. The official scorekeeper of Congress, Joint Committee on Taxation, confirms that two-thirds of the corporate tax hikes land on working families. In the Tax Policy Center, you may remember them, very left-leaning, they estimate about 75%, three out of four low-income moderate families will see tax increases starting next year and rising to over 90%. That's a surface amount. But the bottom line is it cripples our economic growth. It drives investment, research, manufacturing back overseas after we brought it back home under tax reform. It punishes individuals who, rather than consume decide to invest back in their business, in their local community, perhaps in stocks, in the U.S. economy. It punishes them in a big way. And, Newt, as you know, we've got sort of an investment infrastructure in our tax code, one of the best in the world. We drive investment to the local community and to the U.S. They take direct aim at that. And I think the goal here is to shift who invests. Is it you as an individual, you as a business person, you in your community, and shift those decisions to Washington, where Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi decide if you're deemed worthy of being invested in as a community. And I'm just getting started. These are crippling tax hikes. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. 
Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it, it would have been, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, your team has put together a remarkable set of explanations of things that are wrong. If people go to the House Ways and Means Committee Republican, what's the right URL? Ways and Means GOP, and all of that is right there and easy to access. It's really a remarkable package of things. And, you know, you made a point that I think we didn't probably drive hard enough in 2020, and that is that... The 2017 tax cuts combined with regulatory reform had led to the lowest black unemployment in history, the lowest Latino unemployment by February of 2020 when COVID began to hit. Things were really about economically moving as correctly and as enthusiastically as you could hope for. And that came directly out of your work in passing the 2017 bill. It did, and it's remarkable what free market capitalism can do. 2019 is my new favorite year. After the year I was born, 2019 is now my favorite. Close second. But we'd had the new tax code. We'd watched our economy leapfrog back to the number one most competitive economy in the world. But what you and I pay attention to, in 2019, in one year, household income, how much families had in their budgets, grew more in one year 
than in all eight years of the Obama-Biden White House combined. So families had real purchasing power. In fact, paychecks were going up twice as fast as prices. The second thing is, as you said, poverty hit the lowest rate since America launched the war on poverty. And it was because we were drawing people off the sidelines, just like welfare reform did that you led, you know, giving them better job opportunities and better paychecks. The old tax code left them behind. But the third thing I'm really proud of, 2019, income inequality began to shrink for the first time, frankly, in more than half a century. And it was because paychecks and growth were happening at the low income, low skilled, blue collar workers, much more than it was for those who were well off. And so I'm convinced that absent COVID, President Trump would have been the first president to finish his first term having shrunk income inequality. And here's my point. Government didn't do any of that. Government couldn't achieve any of those long-standing social goals. Economic freedom did. Free market capitalism, you know, investing in your business, in your workers, in your community, grew those opportunities. That's what we're fighting for. It's not corporations. It's not specific industries. It's for the workers, the retirees. It's for the customers. It's for the communities. That's what's at stake here. Well, and I think that it's important for people to realize how human this is. And frankly, I'm sort of amazed that the left doesn't understand how devastating big government socialism is. You know, they look at Venezuela, they look at Zimbabwe, they look at Cuba. There are no examples of successful prosperity creating and freedom enhancing big government socialist systems. And yet they want the power, they want to be able to pay off their union allies and their other allies. And they'd rather have a smaller country and a smaller economy with them controlling it than have the kind of country that freedom creates and that you've been so committed to. It's remarkable. Well, I know this, what we learned on your speakership, and we've continued to preserve it. In fact, we passed a second to Jobs for Success to preserve and build on your welfare reform, that when you reward work, when you encourage people and help them reconnect, boy, the opportunities of economic freedom is so much bigger than just sending a a government check. Poverty is never about just a check. There is so much more going on. And we know with the right incentives, we lifted millions of people out of poverty in two years under just a little more free market capitalism. And we can do it again. Democrats, I worry they're going to hook them into another era of government dependency that, frankly, you led. And we've all worked hard to try to move people away from that. And I worry about that spending and those welfare state expansions, I think, almost as much or more as the tax hikes. I think that's right. And this goes straight back to Ronald Reagan, who said the best social program is a job. If we become a country where people think their primary job is to apply to some bureaucrat for money, we will have ceased to be the kind of dynamic country we've been. We're going to run out of time because you're extraordinarily busy. But I have to take one or two minutes since you're a Texan and ask you, what's your view of what's happening on the border? It's indescribable, Newt. We've never seen it at this level, this intensity. And frankly, there's no end in sight. If you talk to the border agents down there, they've never seen this before. And you ask them, so how does this play out? And their answer is, how many 
migrants are there in Central America. There is no slowing down of this. There is no acknowledging this. The migrant levels are at a 20-year high. They can't handle all this, and the White House is simply in denial. And I would make this point too, Newt. Those border agents, they mainly grew up around there. So they're not just securing the country, they're securing their neighborhoods and communities. And we're seeing in Del Rio, before even this Haitian migrant surge, you know, car chases, property damage, people afraid to come out of their homes. That's up and down the border. It really is indescribable. None of us have seen this before, and there is no end in sight. You know, Gallup does a world poll, and a couple of years ago they asked how many people would like to come to the U.S., and it was about 65 million because we're now getting Ghanaians, and of course you have Haitians who I still can't figure out how they're getting from Haiti to Mexico to come across the border. But I saw some footage this week. It looks like an invasion. I mean, you have 10, 12,000 people crossing the Rio Grande as a group. I mean, this is nothing like what you and I saw when we were young. Yeah, no, and with the Haitians, you know, I think all of us were surprised how fast that word went out. Many of them had already fled their country, was in Central America. The word went out. You know, the borders are open, go for it. And they have in record numbers. And again, the administration's response has just been horrendous. I know it puts a huge pressure on the state of Texas and you're the primary recipients, but I want to thank you. And I just want to emphasize for our friends who are listening, Kevin Brady leads, I think, one of the most effective committee teams in the entire Congress, House or Senate. He did an amazing job as chairman. He's doing a remarkable job now. And his knowledge of the tax code and of how to get things done is a real factor in Kevin McCarthy's team. And for you to take time out in the middle of this particular week, I'm very much in your debt for sharing with us. No, Speaker, thank you again for all your leadership. And frankly, no one is a better messenger for why these conservative economic freedom, why they help real working families. So thank you for that. Right. We'll keep talking and you keep working, okay? Deal. It's a deal. Good to see you. Thank you to my guest, Congressman Kevin Brady. You can read the top 10 reasons to oppose the Democrats' Ways and Means Reconciliation Bill on our show page at newtsworld.com. And we also have a link so you can get the Republican Ways and Means Committee continuing issue of press releases and other information. Newt's World is produced by Gingrich 360 and iHeartMedia. Our executive producer is Debbie Myers. Our producer is Garnsey Sloan, and our researcher is Rachel Peterson. The artwork for the show was created by Steve Penley. Special thanks to the team at Gingrich 360. If you've been enjoying Newt's World, I hope you'll go to Apple Podcast and both rate us with five stars and give us a review so others can learn what it's all about. Right now, listeners of Newt's World can sign up for my three free weekly columns at gingrich360.com newsletter. I'm Newt Gingrich. This is Newt's World. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.